Welcome to VPG's Virtual Water Cooler Chat Podcast, where we share lessons and stories of women professionals to help empower other women and expand a greater circle of influence so we walk our journey with those who understand and appreciate us. Today, we'll chat with Samitha Meditia. Samitha is Senior Intellectual Property Counsel for Fidelity Information Services in Atlanta, Georgia. Her career began at Dow Corning Limited, where she used her chemical engineering degree and training to research and develop innovative manufacturing methods for high-purity silica. After graduating from the George Washington University Law School, she started her legal career at Finnegan Henderson Farabell Garrett and Dunner LLP, focusing on patent litigation and client counseling. Samitha also served as a law clerk to the Honorable Jimmy V. Reyna at the United States Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. At FIS, Samitha is a key member of an impactful global team managing the company's valuable intellectual property. In her role, she has the opportunity to leverage her technical and legal skills to craft business-savvy solutions for her clients. Samitha serves on the Executive Committee of the Atlanta IP Inn of Court and is an active member of the South Asian Bar Association of Georgia. Hey, Samitha, welcome to the show. I'm so honored to have you here. And, you know, it's such a pleasure to have someone here who's been in this patent attorney journey. So, Samitha, how did you choose your path to become a patent attorney? Do you think you picked the right path? Yeah, so my journey to patent law um, started... I would say maybe later than others, Um, there are really no other attorneys in my family. Um, My, you know, dad's a computer engineer. My mother was a a Montessori teacher. Um, You know, we we don't really know a lot of attorneys in our our, um, life. So growing up, I didn't have a lot of uh, mentors in the legal field. Uh, But when I went into undergraduate school, I uh, started my path to become a chemical engineer. And I graduated with that degree and I started working at Dow Corning Corporation, which has now um, been sort of um, reorganized, but is is now um, back part of the Dow organization. But um, when I started working as an engineer, I was working at this very unique part of the company where, um, you know, there's bench chemistry where you're doing molecule work and developing new formulations. And then there's production where you're in the field and making uh, manufacturing level quantities of material. And I was sort of in the middle, taking the, the formulations and attempting to uh, create different and um, efficient ways of scaling that up into production. And so part of my job really involved a lot of innovation and looking to see what other folks were doing um, in the market, what's available, how can we tweak things? Is there something out there that we can um, grow from and you know use as a, as a starting point? So a lot of my job at that point was looking at patents and reading them and seeing what's new and what's out there. Um, to get ideas and and to sort of, you know, have that brain trust with other engineers in this space. And um, so there's that part of the job. And then there was the part of the job in the field, um, you know, tinkering, putting things together in the lab. Um, And I found myself gravitating to, well, okay, it's going to take us, you know, a few weeks to get things set up in the lab. I want to be in there reading more about what's going on. And let me learn a little bit more about um, how other people are doing things. And so I realized very quickly that, that part of the job can be a career. 
if you go into the patent side. So I was with um, uh, I was with Dow Corning for about a year before deciding to make the decision to go to law school. And then when I went to law school, I knew um, I was looking for a program in intellectual property law. So I could really use that part of my training and interest and passion for learning into my legal career too. So I was, I was very lucky to um, join George Washington University's program because they really do have a top um, intellectual property program, you know, being in D.C., being in kind of the nexus of where the federal, federal circuit is, where the patent office is, and um, a number of great practitioners in the space, too. I love that. You know, sometimes curiosity is what leads us to our careers, right? You were curious about patents. You wanted to learn a little bit more, and you just went ahead and decided to go for it, right? And here you are today as, you know, a patent lawyer. And how, is, how has that role changed now working in corporate from being an engineer to working it for patent laws? Yeah, so so my my transition first was to, to law school. And then I started working at um, my law firm, Finnegan. And I, I did primarily IP litigation there in various forums. Um, and so, so that transition, you know, you go from being in, in the patents every day to if you're in a, in a traditional litigation practice, there's a lot of litigation that is not just patents, right? It's, it's all the rest of it. It's discovery. It's dealing with personalities. It's, you know, dealing with um, experts and trying to um, lear- obviously learn the technology, but also learn the rules of that court. So there's a lot of mix- mixing of non, you know, traditional patent work in um, patent litigation. And that same type of broadening and mixing happens when you make the transition to um, in-house like I am now, where I am IP counsel for Fidelity Information Services, but first and foremost, I'm an advisor to the organization. And so that advice comes from a number of different um, areas of law and experience. Right. And so part of my job now is to, for example, advise on transactions that have an interesting IP element to it. And sometimes that advice really hinges on, is this a good business decision um, or is this, you know, the, the law can say what it is and we can craft clauses and terms to do what we want. But ultimately, is what we are saying we want, is that really a good choice. And so that's part of my job too, is really taking a more holistic view of what the law can do to support business goals. I I love that. And I know you mentioned that, you know, there's no lawyers in your family, you know, most of them came from in the engineering space. So when you made that transition, was your family supportive of it? Or were they like, why are you doing this? You know, you come from engineers. How could you? I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. They did ask me a lot of questions. Like, are you sure about this? Do you really know what you're getting into? And honestly, my answer was not really. I mean, again, I don't, I didn't have a lot of folks to, 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 to ask all those questions of. And so it was a little bit of instinct and gut um, that, you know, this this would be a right, the right choice for me. The, the other kind of complicating wrinkle to the whole um, decision to go to law school at this time was, you know, I graduated from law school in 2011, which just so happened to be part of that, you know, with the, the, the recession or, you know, it was a difficult time to come out of law school. And so leaving a um, what my you know parents might consider a very stable career, a very um, you know defined career pathway to do something that to them was 
um, unusual and they they didn't have a lot of familiarity with it. And then to do that at a time where, you know, the, the legal market was um, kind of going through some shifts and changes, I'm sure they had a lot of questions. But um, I think for me, I've been very, very blessed to have a fulfilling career that is able to marry that technical side and um, my technical training with the legal side and, and that legal acumen um, to have a, a very fulfilling career so far. Thanks for sharing. And I love that. I know as parents, they just want the best for you, right? So when they are, when they don't, when they don't know what they don't know, they get scared and they're like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, I've already laid out a path for you. Why are you going against the grain? And, you know, because you wanted to forge that step, regardless of the circumstances, you were willing to do it. And because of that, here you are today. I mean, really in life, there's no guarantees, right? And I think as, um, you know, as the world keeps having so many different, you know, challenges that come up, we have to learn to embrace the unknown versus, you know, having it control us. And so the more we can embrace it, the more we can create the opportunities we want. Uh, see, just seeing things in a different different perspective, kind of like what you did. And so, you know, I was just curious about your your profession, right? Your, your uh, legal profession, your journey. What was it like, especially as an Indian woman, you know, I'm pretty sure it's, there's some challenges, you know, I mean, you look very young, so maybe sometimes they don't even take you seriously. I mean, I'm not making assumptions. I'm just, you know, there's a lot of observations when it comes to female lawyers, especially Asian female lawyers, but was there any challenges for you in in your journey? Yeah, I will say, and I'll even take it a step back to, right. So I started in an industrial setting um, as an engineer. And um, I would say that even, even from that angle, it's not maybe maybe it's more common today, but it, I think there's still some some room to grow in that area where to have parity of of men and women in the industrial field. You know where you're you're in your hard hat. I had my steel toe boots, and we were a union facility. Um, and so for to go into the into the 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 lab, um, you you do have to be comfortable with you know working with tools and. Um, being physical in 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 the um, in the field, and so even from then, I would say, um, you know, there is a challenge. The 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 perception, your perception in the room, um, can be especially if you present. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the tallest person in the room in any room. Um, I even went to go visit my my son's school today, and I don't think I was the tallest person in that room. Um, and you know, my stature is not that of of somebody that's um, you know slightly larger. And so, so I think that for my from well, what I draw on to to present in a room like that is really being prepared and having the knowledge to know what I'm talking about, and having the knowledge to know what I don't know. So if there's questions that I have to ask to feel comfortable, I'm not shy to ask those questions. And I think that also gives a bit of respect from folks that have been doing this work for a long time, because you have the humility to know that you don't know everything. Um, I think that goes a long way to, to help, you know, earn that trust and respect with the folks that you're working with. So I will say that even starts, you know, started for me at least back um, in my engineering days, and and continues, you know, through through now. Where, but 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 now, you know, I I feel like since I've been working with the same folks for a few years, we've had that opportunity to really go through it together, and we've seen what all of our teammates can do, and kind of 
you know, going through difficult patches or challenging projects together is really the best way to understand and um, know what your your at least for for what I hope my colleagues uh, would would recognize as my strengths and maybe what I'm not so good at. And so we can balance each other out, and you build that trust through experience. And so even if the initial perception is not exactly, this is what I would counsel somebody. Um, you know, a mentor coming into this um, space, if your initial perception is not exactly what you hoped it would present, you can build your reputation through expertise and working hard and being prepared um, to to work through difficult projects. So that's kind of how I've approached it. Um, And, you know, it's a little bit of... um, to the extent you can't control what other people do and think. And so all you can really do is control yourself. And if at the end of the day, you're happy with your performance, then, you know, that's, you have to be happy with that and other people can think what they want. I love that. And it makes, you know, I didn't realize you went from like one male dominated space to another. And so um, I guess that might help for you because you were able to handle the things in a different industry, right? Sometimes when we experience something, we can always transfer it. Um, and I like that you mentioned, you know, if you didn't know anything, you just decided to ask a question because I'm a big believer in asking questions, right? Especially if I don't know, I will ask, right? And I don't really care if people think it sounds stupid or not, because for me, I would rather know than not know, right? And sometimes we have to bring our egos down and realize we don't know everything, right? And just ask the people who have more expertise than us. And so, like you mentioned, it builds trust. It builds the relationship. Uh, they, You know, you have each other's respect um, and it, it can go a long way, right? Uh, back in the day, and I used to be so stubborn. I feel like if I had to ask for something, like something was wrong with me. And it could stem from just our culture, right? But um, yeah, I just love that you mentioned that and how it really has helped you in your own career and build that relationship for the long haul because, I mean, you work with them every single day, so it makes sense, right? There's no point in fighting, you know, you should you should all get along, right? Because it's a team effort. It's not just you. Yeah. Uh, so I really love that. And, you know, I, 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 will, I will add one quick thing there, too, about asking questions. Um, so, you know, I, I'm somewhat new to, to this organization, um, and I think being new somewhere gives you a unique opportunity to ask those, you know, otherwise I'm putting all the air quotes in the world, but um, those stupid questions that you think are just foundational and, hey, oh, sorry, you know, everybody probably already knows this, but I'm new. Can I ask this? And doing that um, here. I have found that oftentimes other people are wondering the same thing that I'm wondering, but don't feel the comfort level to ask the question. And so it is, I think, a skill of being, um, maybe this is from being an engineer, but you know, being certainly being an attorney, being able to break it down and ask those basic foundational questions that, okay, we're doing it this way, but it's based on what assumptions. Um, I, I, I have found that that's value that I can bring to to any project that I'm on because oftentimes people are doing things just because that's just how they're done and no one's really you know dug down to figure out why that is um, and I think that's value that we can bring as attorneys. That is so true. I love that you mentioned that, especially you know growing up in in an Asian culture, we do certain traditions and never question it, right? Not realizing like does it really help us or does it not help us, right? And then when we ask, of course, we're th- you have your Asian aunties who are like. Why do you keep asking? Just do it. Just (laughs) Just do it. it. I'm like, but why though? I don't understand. And they're like, 
just do it, stop complaining and do it, right? But sometimes we really have to dig deep and figure out why we do certain things that we do so we can understand it. And maybe we can present that issue in a better way or solve, find a better solution, right? Okay. Um, being able to dig deep and doing that. So I love that you mentioned that because I think it's really important. Now, you know, I, I realized that you also own a coffee shop, correct? I'd love to yes. hear a little bit about that because, you know, here you are by day, you're you're a pet patent attorney. Um, on the side, you're, you also own a coffee shop. How did that start? <laughs> So, so I will, I will have to give my proper deference to um, my husband who does the, the lion's share on the coffee shop um, while also working full time. Um, so my, my role is, is much more, um, I would say, taste tester than uh, working on the, on the daily there. But, but it is, it takes, I mean, creating something out of um, a vision and out of a, you know, a sheer want, that was something that is so different for us in our kind of day-to-day life that um, navigating that to create a new business, um, it just, it kind of activated all the neurons that we don't necessarily use every day. Um, we we both have um, kind of more traditional sort of corporate jobs. And so creating the coffee shop, it involved um, a more creative side of both of our brains to really say, okay, well, what is the, what is the vibe we want in this space? And how are we going to get from point A, which is an idea to point B, which was finding a location to point C, which is conducting a renovation and then, you know, seeking out planning and decorating the space and menu planning. I mean, all of that, the, the, the type of work that you have to do to open a restaurant just fires from different cylinders than are kind of traditional um, traditional jobs. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, tons of time. Certainly, uh, it's been a been um, a, a, you know our fourth baby, uh, but but it is um, it is it's rewarding to to walk in at the shop and just see kind of folks that are enjoying the community that we've built. Um, really taking advantage of the space and having um, feeling like we're part of something in that in that um, Atlanta community. It's been really neat. That's awesome. And have you been able to take some of the things you learn from running a coffee shop into your corporate job and vice versa? Oh, that's a good question. So again, um, in terms of running, I'm mostly just the taste tester so, as I'm walking <laughs> in. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, part of being a business owner is is strict um, cash flow management, right? At the end of the day, a restaurant is is a tough business, um, but it does it does make you you know very cost conscious and just understanding kind of at a at an intuitive level inflows and outflows and. Uh, mapping out, you know, long-term planning. And all of that is the same for the budgets that I have to manage for litigations here at FIS, right? So I, you know, I don't have an endless well to pull from just like the coffee shop doesn't. And so I have to be a judicious decision maker on my budget, just as equally as I am on the coffee shop's budget to know what's going to be important. Um, How can we plan long-term planning um, you know, are are there places where we need to push or are there places where we can pull back um, depending on how we expect things to, to, to progress over the next few months? And so it's a lot of, in terms of budget management, I would say there's a lot of similarity, even if you're dealing with a, a restaurant or responding to a subpoena. 
<laughs> I love that because yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like you know, here you are as an attorney, and you also have a coffee shop, and it's like. Well, you can do both if you choose to, right? And you don't, you're not doing it alone. Uh, your husband's helping you too. And this coffee shop is more than just a coffee shop, right? It's something that the neighborhood can go to, right? Whether it's kids studying, girlfriends chatting, um, you know, people just getting their morning coffee, you know, it's like kind of like cheers where everybody knows your name, exactly. right? Uh, but in a form of a coffee shop, of course. <laughs> well, I will say we were able to secure a beer and a wine license too. So depending on the time, it might be more like cheers than not. So I love that. And besides, you know, running a coffee shop with your husband, what are some other things that you do, you know, outside of the corporate job? Yeah. So we have, our family is, is I would say bustling at this point. We have three young children. We have a dog. Um, hand. It's just, there's always something going on with them. So I will say my, my interests kind of take a back seat at this stage to all of the kids interests, because we are bouncing around on the weekends, taking them from point A to point B and all over the place. Um, but, but it is fun. It's a fun part of life. I think the stage right now where it's a little crazy, it's a little hectic. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a saying, what is it that the that the days are long, but the years are short. And so looking back at this time, I'm sure we'll think it's going by in a blur. I mean, it's going by in a blur now. So um, we we definitely enjoy that time that we can get with the kids and the family. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, that time will go by so fast and you're going to be like, where did they like, you know, how did they grow up so fast, you know, in a blink of an eye. And so I love that you, you mentioned, like, sometimes you have to take a step back to spend time with your family to, you know, figure out what they love and don't love and just have that quality time that they can remember as well. And I know you also serve in a lot of, you know, organizations such as the South Asian Bar Association in Georgia, um, also the Atlanta IP in of court of court. I mean, um, you know, what, what's your role in those organizations? Yeah, so so I love the South Asian Bar Association. Um, and I was on the board for that organization when I lived in Washington, D.C. a number of years ago. And so when we first moved to Atlanta about five years ago, um, that was the first organization that I reached out to to really get a footing in the legal market here in Atlanta and to understand um, you know, where folks are, what types of industries people are working in in my community. And I will say that this has been such a great resource for just meeting people, making friends, right, in a new city. Um, it's a smaller organization. And I think the intimacy of that, um, the group that's very active on um, the South Asian Bar Association in Georgia has been a welcome um, environment for me, especially these last few years, a number of the the folks that I served on the board with, we all just so happened to um, have children around the same time, which was not at all you know planned or anything, but it's just sort of the stage of life that we all were in, and so that it, it's been a nice kind of sense of community to have. Um, and, and the same with the Atlanta IP in of court by design, the in of court is um, limited membership, kind of more intimate setting. And that's been um, really nice to to understand um, all the folks that work here in the IP space and have that networking kind of on a more intimate level. Um, and it provides opportunities to serve in leadership roles as well at the organization. So I'm on the executive committee for that organization to, to help kind of plan um, strategy and, and um, how the year is going to go. So both organizations, I would say, have been very helpful for me, which, you know, it, 
I, I moved to Atlanta five years ago. It feels like, you know, a long time ago, but in some ways it's really not that long ago because when I moved here, we were expecting. And so I had a maternity leave and then we had our next kid. And so I had some you know more time to, to recover. And then it was the pandemic. And so I feel like we've just been kind of bouncing around from family obligations. And then obviously the pandemic, we were, you know, on lockdown for a while. So, so now, even though it's been five years, it's kind of not really five years, um, you know, in, in um, what the experience time. And so now it's really been a nice, uh, nice year this year and last, uh, you know, kind of midway through last year where we started to really get a, be able to go out more and have more in-person events and see folks and, you know, engage in my children's school community more. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been a welcome change. I would say like these last 18 months. I love that. And can you believe three years ago we were all on lockdown? It's just so crazy. <laughs> you know? um, just I mean, I pass time with the, the children's birthdays now. And my son, my oldest, is a true leap day baby. So he was born on February 29th. Um, and so we made his first, which is really his fourth birthday, a big deal, right? And we we took the whole family down to Disney World. Um, we had grandparents coming and we all went there for the for the week. And, you know, February 29th, 2020 is when we were there and we came home and the whole world shut down. Um, and so really, in some respects, we're still at his fourth birthday party um, three years ago. And it's just still kind of mentally in that same space. I feel like the world stopped at that point. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad, you know, things are starting to open again. There's more in-person events, more networking, because I mean, virtual is great. Don't get me wrong, right? Without it, I don't know if the world was able to survive from the lockdown, but uh, being in person is a totally different thing, right? You just, you know, it just makes a big difference when you can see someone in person. And it's just funny sometimes because, you know, we all sit uh, we all are just in our Zoom um, photos. And then when you see someone in person, it's like, wow, you're so tall. Or, oh, I didn't know you were this, you know, like the height differences. It's so funny. I never um, get that. Oh, I, I I thought you were that tall. I never, I never get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, to anyone who's listening to your episode, loving your journey, your story, and they're in a similar journey to becoming a patent attorney or just wanting to know more about the legal profession. Uh, what are some tips or words of wisdom that you would give to them? Yeah, so I would say um, first and foremost, I know it's probably been you know beaten a dead horse, but I think it's worth reiterating. Um, this industry is really about your relationships and connections. Being brilliant, being a good attorney, and being a good scientist, if you're coming from that background, it's almost like that's table stakes, right? Because everyone that seeks this profession tends to be, you know, somebody that seeks information and, and absorbs it and assimilates it in a very, um, you know, interesting way. So that's really table stakes. That's the skills for for doing your job, but to really succeed in this business, in this industry, you have to build good relationships and you have to, um, you have to leave folks with a good impression of yourself. And that, that just takes a lot of practice and a lot of, I think, work, right? Because um, as you meet people, you have to follow up and um, continue conversations and check in with folks. Um, and especially if you're if you're seeking advice, 
um, to come to those those conversations somewhat prepared for what for what you want to ask and what you want to um, understand from the person that you're hoping to learn from. Um, and I think that 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 really goes a long way in this in this field. Um, and to that point, I, I always when when I when I speak to to folks that are kind of more starting out or um, I, you know, one of my friends uh, teaches an adjunct class at Emory Law for for students that have um, in-house internships. And so um, I've done this for a few years now. Kind of giving them a lay of the land of what work I do and, you know, how I how my career path had progressed. And so this is the advice that I would give them um, as well is feel free to reach out to people. Um, I think that folks that have um, something to offer, um, help to give in this field are willing to do so. And sometimes our own shyness or um, hesitancy can block us from reaching out. But I would encourage anyone to, you know, reach out to me as a resource um, or others, you know, that they're they're comfortable with talking to. I think people are very willing to help in this in this industry, at least share experiences. Um, and so definitely take advantage of those opportunities. Thanks for sharing all those great tips. And I love that you mentioned about reaching out to people because I'm one who reaches out to people. And for me, it's important, especially as women, right? We got to go out there and just make the first move and be okay with it, right? Gone are the days where people say it's not ladylike, it's too shameful. Uh, it's, you know, things in, reaching out is what where we can create those opportunities, where we can make a name for ourselves, be taken seriously because we know what we want and we're just going to go after for it, right? Like we're going to make the connections. We're going to do the work. Uh, we're going to show up. And that speaks a lot, right? Uh, they always say actions speak louder than words. And so when people see your actions and they're inspired by it, you know, they're going to be like, well, I'd love to work with you, or I'd love to collaborate with you and things like that. So I love, I love that because I think, you know, it's not said enough, right? I mean, you know, the movies doesn't help when they're always like Prince Charming's going to come and save you. Oh, right, right. In real life, the only person who can save you is yourself, right? But then, you know, having a support system along the way, kind of like this podcast, you know, like you mentioned, you said, reach out to me, right? I, you know, if you need help, reach out to me because I can help you. And I think that is so important as well, especially when we've been told that asking for help is a sign of weakness or a handout. It really isn't. It's where we can create change when we can do things together. And so if our listeners did want to reach out to you to for some advice or maybe they just want a cup of coffee in Atlanta, yes, <laughs> well, yes. how can they reach out? To, how can they uh, connect with you? So the best way to get me is probably on LinkedIn. And um, you can find me there and always, you know, add me as a, as a contact or send me a message. Um, and don't be surprised if I do the same for some of your followers as well. And um, to grow, to grow both of our networks, I think is, it's, it's nice to know that there's others that are kind of in the same space and looking out for each other and um, building that nice community, just like at the, at the shop. I love it. And thanks again uh, for being on the show. It's so great to connect with you, to chat with you. Um, and yeah, I just love, you know, learning from other people, learning about their stories, learning about what they had to go through to get to where they are today. So thank you again, Samita. 